It's been a while since I've been up here in this capacity. Spare tire now, kind of thing, going bald and all. But, um, you know, one of the uh, blessings I've already received, huh, I've received a blessing from preparing. Because when you prepare to present the Word of God, He's got to speak to you, and He does. It's fantastic. Amen. Um, my eyes are not red because I just stayed up so long. <clears throat> it's from the smoke. <clears throat> and uh, we had a wedding yesterday. Ben. Yes. Yes, we had a wedding. Did you announce that? I can't, can't remember. Anyhow, we had a wedding. My brother Timmy, and he's not here because he's got a lot of guests. His um, middle daughter, not the oldest daughter, got married last night up at the ranch. And that was my mother's last grandchild to get married, 22. And they're all married. But she's in heaven watching the last, uh, the last wedding. She was in heaven already. But anyhow, that was an exciting day. And so uh, my brain is kind of in two places today. And uh, <clears throat> it was fantastic. And I've asked, that, the song that the kids just sang was my request. Uh, I asked Abe, Abe? Uh, I got a song for the kids, and no problem. Of course, it's an easy peasy one that we all know from, most of us know from a long time ago. And basically, I could sit down now, and the message has been preached. <laughs> so if you forget what I said, don't forget that song. <clears throat> it was good. So at the wedding yesterday, I realized, I was talking to somebody, and they said, you know, weddings nowadays, uh, we were talking about this and that, and all the, the modern stuff going on, and and then as I, and how the, the weddings are almost minimized. And, and um, I realized that it's just part of a, a, a fairly wealthy, maybe a human nature thing where when we get rich and wealthy and we get a little bit lazy, we kind of forget about God. And the world, and Satan's busy working, and he tries to um, minimize the, the good things that God has in store for us and, and the things that God that are important to us to, to enjoy life, uh, the devil's busy trying to make them not that important. And that, that's why, I mean, think about the swear words that we, that we curse, you know, it's all good stuff that, that Satan is trying to, you know, not mean anything. And weddings are becoming delegalized. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about legalized. Legal, legal, it's not legalistic stuff that I'm talking about, but, uh, you don't have to sign the paper, but yesterday they, they came to the, uh, what do you call the little table where they sign off? Sign off. They sign, uh, you, get, you get two weeks or something or a month to, to, as a pastor, and I was talking to the pastor, Matt, he's been there before, but you gotta send this paperwork in to legalize the marriage. Now it's official, so it's recorded. The world is trying to unlegalize a lot of stuff, um, and so we wanna talk a little bit about that of how God has, what's the first thing he wrote down for uh, Moses up on the mountain? He wrote it down, the Ten Commandments. He wrote it down. He recorded it on a piece of stone with his finger. Fantastic. And so there's a, there's a song uh, that I wanted to sing, it was, or I wanted to play, but I said no. It's, it's Yesterday When I Was Young, and some, it was written by an older fellow, I think a, a guy from Italy, and yesterday when I was young, 
The taste of life was sweet upon my tongue, like rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. You know, everything was just fun and easy. I always built to last on weak and shifting sand. And there's so many people building on weak and shifting sand. And that's why the building on the rock was, uh, I mean, that's our passage for today. Um, <clears throat> so the passage is, and I'll get you to stand, we'll, we'll read, and Cheryl's going to try to keep up with me in the back room there and put it up on the screen here. We're going to read Luke chapter 6. We're going to go from 43 to 49, but really my, my message is basically based on 46 to 47, 46 to 49. Let's read. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then he shifts a little bit. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. So this is an obedient fellow, gal. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke out against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built house on the ground, on the sand, without a foundation. When the stream broke, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Thanks be to the Lord for this great passage. You maybe sit, sit down. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't say that quite right. Um, Doug actually, if you, if you think back two weeks, and you probably won't remember, but he actually uh, kind of almost uh, introduced my sermon. He said, the sustained obedience, and this is part of the whole Luke chapter 6 thing, sustained obedience secures a satisfied life. Sustained obedience secures a satisfied life. And he had just been talking about how Jesus had turned the Old Testament upside down, where uh, in the Old Testament, kind of like, like and, and it's in the, it creeps into, it's human, uh, in a sense. If we're good, we're wealthy. If we're bad, well, we're going to get sick. If we're rich, it's because God blessed us because we're good. If we're poor, God's going to curse us because we're bad. And yet you see good people being sick, you see. And then Jesus uh, says, in uh, verse 20, and he lifted his eyes to, the, to his disciples because Jesus is turning that kind of upside down. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you when people hate you. Rejoice in that day. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Wait, woe to you who laugh for you shall mourn. Woe to you when all speak, people speak well of you, so their fathers did to the false prophets. So it's almost, uh, name, it, name it and claim it. It was, uh, Jesus was going against kind of the human nature way of looking at God and the, um, uh, the way he works. And uh, I, there's a story way back that some of the native people in the early days when the trappers were coming into uh, uh, kind of Wyoming, uh, any other trapping beaver, and they're making money. And they're, they had guns, they had knives, and they had fancy beads, and they would trade with the native people. And so the natives sent a delegation 
to find out who is this God that the white man uh, has. So they went to St. Louis, and of course the people were happy, the missionaries were happy. And they wanted to know because they, they uh, basically looked at life, if you win a battle, your God is stronger. There are a lot of gods. And it's kind of interesting how we can get into that pretty quick. So here we go on, on Jesus turning it upside down and what I've kind of come up. Let me get my uh, phone in order. I mean my Bible in order. Uh, get it up just in case I get mixed up. I've got my scriptures here. So we are going to talk today about a foundation. Now if you look at that at that chat, at that uh, passage that from 46, everyone who builds. Proverbs chapter 16, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, your work, and your plans, your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. So he's talking about plans. In verse 9, the heart of man plans his ways. But that first uh, line, the plans of the heart belong to man. Building is uh, a given. God expects us to be building. Young people, you need to build. And I'm not talking just about houses, but you need to build. Because that's the way God planned life. That's, he wants us to build. I mean, what, what's the first thing God did? built this world, created it. It's creative, doing stuff, making things. That's what makes life meaningful. However, you gotta be careful because if that's all it is, it becomes empty. You gotta love God. And so the, um, uh, let's see, where am I here? Second, point number two. Give me time. Maybe I'm upside down. I'm going to get lost. So building is a given. Building is a given. We are all building. We think of building, we think of houses, which is okay. How about a picture, a business, a lawn? And then there's a relationship, a family. So yesterday, people got, two young people got married. They're, they're building a relationship. They're building a marriage. And um, the second point is, put a foundation under your building. Put a foundation under it. Obviously, that's a given. When we, when we moved to the ranch, there was a, an old foundation there. The barn was long gone. So my brother Tim built another barn on top of that foundation. Or maybe it wasn't a barn, but anyhow, it turned into a barn. It burned down again. But you know what? The foundation is still there. <clears throat> Put a foundation under your building. <clears throat> I was driving to town. We were coming into town, and I was with Bradley and his, his new rig there, Brad and Kate. And Caitlin was in the back, and, and she was having a cup, cup of coffee. She said, oh, it's bumpy. It's, you know, I thought our, our, our vehicle was quite smooth. It's a nice big uh, GMC. It's a uh, Yukon, I think. But it's kind of bumpy. And Brad said, well, that's because you're holding coffee. And I said, well, it's the North Fork. Yeah, the North Fork. 
And if you drive up to Northwark, they finally fixed our big ditches, our big bumps, with some nice smooth stuff. But it was bumpy, and uh, you get on the edges, and it goes like this. Jesse and Logan and I were driving, and, and I started to tell them about this road. It used to be, what did it used to be? All the way from uh, town, all the way past over Hummingbird Bridge, past the ranch, up about two, three miles past our place. A railway, a railway track. It used to be a railway. And so the railway is not as wide as a road. So when they built the road, they just kind of widened it. What didn't they do on the outsides and some of the corners? They didn't put a very good foundation under it. Why are the big bumps there? And Bruno Pavan told me, he says it's because they, they made some wooden trenches, wooden uh, culverts. Nowadays, of course, we've got plastic, steel culverts, and we don't have that trouble. But the wood, where'd the wood go after 80 years, 60 years, probably 70 years? Yeah, it's back to dirt. Water seeps through, causes it. So the foundation is gone. Put a foundation under your building. Um, there's all kinds of foundations, but foundations are so important. My, my friend Ken, he, we went on a hunting trip and he got on a horse and his stirrups were a little, loud, uh, a little long and I said, Ken, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, lift him up a little bit here after a little bit. Well, it was a little bit too late. We went across a creek where you put your feet out anyhow, don't put them in the stirrups. And we went up the trail and I said, there's a nice wide spot here, but just before that wide spot, there was a corner and the horse jumped a little log, kind of late, early in the morning. And Ken's had stirrups, well, he ended up in the hospital because he didn't have his feet under him. His stirrups, of course, probably my fault, but anyhow, <laughs> we saved him. The doctor saved him, but he was in the hospital uh, with, the, with the pelvis, that wasn't very good. You can ask Eva about those kind of injuries. That's a foundation. There's all kinds of foundations. As Christians, we need a foundation for our faith. We need a foundation for our faith. What is that foundation? Of course, we know. Build your house on the rock, so build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> First Corinthians 3, 5 and 11. Church is saying, well, I'm gonna, I like Apollos, is his teaching Apollos? And then, no, no, you gotta stick with Paul. Anyhow, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he, uh, neither he who plants or he who waters it or that is anything, but God alone gives the growth. He plants and he waters. We that water are one. Each receive our wages. We are God's fellow workers. According to the grace given to me, not like, this, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. It's Paul speaking. Like a skilled master builder, I built, I laid a foundation and somebody else is building on it. We are building on it. The church is building on it. That, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word of God. And Paul wrote this. There was a struggle in those days between Jews and Gentiles, the law, and Jesus was changing things upside down. And it was, it was an exciting time. Uh, number one, we are going to talk about the foundation of Jesus, and this is, I found this quite fascinating. Uh, listen to these passages, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, I'm going to read, a, a, well, I might not read the whole thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, we know that. Now there's another passage, starts in Genesis, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Here's one that says, in the beginning was the word. Who are we talking, who's, who's the writer talking about? 
Who's John talking about? Jesus. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. Remember, he wrote, he wrote down the Ten Commandments. He recorded it on a stone. Wrote it. He didn't just say it, but I mean, his word is powerful. He made the world through his word. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, talking about Jesus. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. John was talking about Jesus. You ever think about, remember Pastor Doug was talking about the road to Emmaus? Uh, what did they say? What did, you know, what did Jesus say? Because he, he explained who he was and what his purpose was, how he was going to go to the cross, die for the road. I don't know all the things. We don't know exactly what he said. But remember, Jesus was there. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. Now, um, I'll keep reading a little bit, and then Cheryl's going to put up a, a kind of an interesting, uh, maybe you've seen it, a little bit of a picture. In the beginning was the Word. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness to the, about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about Jesus. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And we know the story about Christmas and the Jews and then he went to the cross. But all who did receive him, he and who believed in his name. Now here's a very interesting. He gave the right, the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God who were, not, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but the will of God. So God gave us, when we believe, the right to become children of God. Um, the word become flesh, and the flesh dealt among us and there's Jesus on the road to Emmaus explaining all this from the scriptures because he was the word. Now, you go to, um, we're going to read, Col well, we won't, we'll skip Colossians, I think. Let's go to Hebrews 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he had spoken, us to, his, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Now, this is an interesting uh, Greek word. The exact, in the ESV, it says the exact imprint, the exact representation, however your, your version has it. The word is hypostasis in Greek, and I've got, I got to do a Doug thing here where we talk about Greek and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> And he, he, he can fix me up later when he comes back. The hypostasis, the exact hypostasis. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The hypostasis, the... the um, the exact imprint of his nature. Here's Jesus coming down, and, and this word, hypostasis, is kind of interesting. It's only uh, uh, written down five times in the New Testament, and three times, uh, two times in Corinthians, and three times in Hebrews. And we're going to go to the next, we're going to go to Hebrews 11 after a bit. But this word, hypostasis, is fascinating. I found this fascinating, and I first 
I heard it when I was listening to a little um, seminar that, that Carrie Lynn, my daughter, was, was looking at, and she had invited me to come and look. Uh, and there's a panel of all these expert, experts uh, in, the, in the theological world, and this word hypostasis, and I found this fascinating. And um, um, I might just skip right ahead. Yeah, we got, we got, we got a little bit of time. So Hebrews um, 1 talks about the word. So the first, the first thing about our, our uh, there's two things about our foundation of Jesus is one is that he is the word. And Cheryl, put that uh, picture up if you can. There we go. Now this is a little a diagram and this is a diagram of the Bible. If you've ever seen this before. Guess how many, this is a, a diagram of the cross-references where one part of the Bible mentions another part. So one writer, uh, in, in what he says, is, talks about something else that was written in the Bible from beginning to end. What do you think? Does anybody know how many cross-references there are in the Bible? How many times does it? 65,000. <laughs> 55,000? Not quite, 65, not quite, 63,000 and some, some hundreds, 63,000 whatever it is. So that was pretty close, whoever said that. Very good, 63,000 cross-references. And uh, the, the person, I think it was Jordan Peterson, I saw this, but he had got it from somewhere. Anyhow, he was just fascinated by, he, of, of the Bible as one book. From beginning to end, you can start anywhere in the Bible because it's one book and it's written by Jesus, the Word. He was there when it was written. And God was in, in control of that and Jesus was there. Wow. <clears throat> I gotta go back to the Colossians one. He, in Colossians chapter one, verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to represent you holy and blameless above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. That's our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. He's given us his word. He is the word. In, in times past, God spoke through the prophets. Today, he speaks through Jesus. Jesus has given us his word 65,000 times. <clears throat> He's our hypostasis. And we're going to go into this word here for a, uh, a little bit. Uh, hupo means underneath. Stasis means to stand firm. Uh, foundation. Simple. Foundation. And when Doug said, you know, uh, the, the gist of the passage is sustained obedience uh, leads to a satisfied life. The satisfied life part is nice, 
But the sustained obedience is a little scary. How many have been sustainfully, is that the right word? Obedient. You know, we all, like, I, like Abe said, there's bumps. And some of them are our, our fault. It's not just rocks sometimes. It's our own rocks and it's our own bumps and it's our own fault and it's whatever. And we all experience that kind of stuff in life uh, because we're, God gave us that freedom and uh, that's who we are. We're, we're man. And Jesus has saved us. But <clears throat> anyhow, Jesus is a, the hypostasis. Um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I got, I'm going to use my Bible here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, actually, sorry. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance. It's actually, faith is a hypostasis. And when you go back, when you, anyhow, keep going. Faith is a hypostasis of things hoped for. Now this is, gives it uh, a nounish, a nounish, uh, let's see, in the path, Doug says in the path, there's passive and active, and the passive is something that you're given and you can't do anything about. The active is, well, we gotta get acting. And so faith is a hypostasis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim here that faith is also a noun, not just a verb. So we always think of faith as a verb. Faithing, we're faithing, we're doing stuff, we're, we're, we're being faithful. But faith is also, in the passive sense, a noun. We are given faith when we believe in Jesus. We are given it, nothing we can do uh, to earn it or anything, we just believe. We don't have to do it, it's not active. It's, God says, I'm giving you the hypostasis. And, and the story that I'm gonna read is gonna explain that. Let's go to the story, Cheryl. So to substantiate this usage, hypostasis. So now he's he's already explained, and now he's explaining why he's saying what he said. And I'm not going to go into that, but I want want you to listen to this. There is in in this magazine a delightful brochure by H.R. Men, the story of a woman. She is described. You notice I didn't pronounce her name. She is described as a woman of set jaw and grim determination. Sometimes Gwen looks like that. No, but most of the time it's just a smile and sweet, just so you know. Hey, that's normal. You got to have both. It seems that she had lost a case in a local court over a piece of land to which she had laid claim. Um, not satisfied with the decision of the lower court, which must have said, "Sorry, ma'am, uh, you, you know, you're, I don't, I don't believe you, the judge, whatever." <clears throat> Uh, not, this, not, not satisfied with the decision of the Lord court, lower court. She determined to take her course, case to a higher court in Alexandria. She sent her slave to that city with the legal documents, safely encased in a stone box. On the way, the slave lost his life in a fire, destroyed the inn where he had been put up for the night for 2,000 years. The sands of the desert covered the ruins of the inn, the charred bones of the slaves, and that stone box. Archaeologists have recently uncovered these remains. In the box, they found the legal documents. They read the note which this woman had sent. In order that my lord, the judge, may know that my appeal is just, I attach my hypostasis, same word. That which was attached to this note she designated by the Greek word translated substance in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the hypostasis. 
The attached document was translated and found to be the title deed to the piece of land she claimed as her own. Are you married? Well, you can take the document. So faith is the hypostasis, the title deed that God gave us, the right to become children of God. Faith is also a noun. It's, it's, it's a passive thing that God's given to us. You can't get more of it. You know, we like to get more faith. I just had more faith. Something maybe good would happen or whatever. This kind of puts a damper on that theology. God gives us the hypostasis, the legal right to become children of God. Isn't that exciting? Nothing I can do about it. When I believe in Jesus, he gives me that right. And a future and a hope. Fantastic. In Revelations 21, my name is written in the book, Lamb's Book of Life. Cheryl, let me just highlight these. You don't have to put them up. Romans 8, the adoption. We are adopted as sons. Have you ever tried to adopt anybody? My uh, daughter and son-in-law, Jeremy and Carrie, they adopted Kadir. Where's Alili? She's not here. She's probably working. She's working. And you know, you know what it took to adopt? And if you want to adopt somebody, it's got to be legal. It's got to be legal. And so they went through all the legal channels, and now they're legally. They've got the right to be Martins. Well, I don't know if that's a good right. <laughs> Necessarily. <laughs> they're half Pauls, you know. I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyhow, let me tell you. Uh, you know, you know this, this just, it went to my head and I realized God's not just about an idea. Man, he wrote, wrote the Ten Commandments down on stone. He has given us the right by the hypostasis, the title deed. In, in um, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, it's, it's sealed. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. He's a guarantee. It's recorded in heaven. Relax. You don't have to behave a certain way. You don't have to be good all the time. Well, you should try, but, you know, sometimes we're just not. You can ask Gwen, I'm not that good all the time. And my kids are not allowed to tell stories about me on the farm. They do anyhow, but... Foundation. Our foundation is our faith in Jesus, the hypostasis that he's given us the right. And, and that, you know, when you think back to that Hebrews, he is the exact representation. Jesus is the exact representation of God. He is a hypostasis of God. God gave him the title right to be God as a man here. And so he came in the flesh, but he was still God. He had a title right. Uh, anyhow, you know, it's un ununderstandable, really. We can't really fathom that. But that's the reality of it. In Daniel chapter 6, one of my favorite, it's probably my favorite all-time all chapter. Remember the, 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 the people that the, his, his uh, fellow workers didn't like him because he was so good, or whatever, and the king is a slave, and he's got this high position. And so they said, well, let's get him. I, I think we know how we can get him. We can get him with this praying every day to some other god. And they got the king to make a statue, and you know, everybody's got to pray pray to the statue, and Daniel said, no, I'm not going to do that, and so he didn't, he didn't even say that, he just didn't do it. 
and they found out that he didn't do it, and the king had signed the degree, and then when he went and got cast into the den, which the, the king did not want to do, they fooled the king, but because the king had signed his degree, couldn't get away from it. He, he had to do it. His good friend Daniel, he had to throw him in the, Daniel's, in the lion's den. And uh, he went to the den and he stamped it with his signet ring. You can read it. Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And of course he did. Fantastic. And the stone was brought and the king sealed it. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's recorded in heaven. Relax. Get building. Put down your foundation on Jesus Christ and enjoy life. Amen.